I'm going to read the the John passage in just a a moment, but I'd like us all to read this very familiar verse from Luke 2. This is God's holy and infallible word. Let's read it. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And then listen to the first nine verses from John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. And this is John the Baptist, not John the disciple who's writing this book. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Our Christmas Day sermon is actually part of a series, but if you have not heard the other sermons, you'll be fine. We've been asking, who is the Christ of Christmas? We've seen that he is God, he is man, he is the word, he is life. And now he is light. He is light. John, in his gospel, uses the phrase Jesus, the light of the world, a number of times. I want to do something pretty straightforward, pretty simple this morning. I'm going to ask and give an answer to five questions. Five questions I'm going to put out there and give an answer to about Jesus being the light of the world. The first question, why do we have to be told that Jesus is the light? Why am I asking that even? Well, I'm asking it because of verse 7. You may not have thought about it when we read it. The seventh verse is, He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. Verse 7 is a very sad and tragic verse. This one that tells us that John, John the Baptist, came as a witness to testify concerning that light. It's, It's a tragic verse. It's really odd that John had to do this. Who knew who needs to be told the sun is shining in the sky? Nobody. It's obvious. Everybody knows that. It's obvious to everybody except 
to someone who's blind, who can't see? Who needs to be told that Jesus is the light of the world? Why does someone have to testify about this? Because there is blindness. Blind people need to be told about the light. Blind people like us. And the Bible says people are spiritually blind. That the world on its own is in darkness. The Bible says the light shone in the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. Without being told that there is light, we would just keep wallowing in our darkness and ignorance and stumble around. Jesus needed to come at Christmas because of a world full of spiritually blind and lost people who need the light. And people like John the Baptist and the angels too in Luke 2 came to proclaim that to people, that Jesus was born so that we would know that the light has come. Second question, how does light help us? Well, light is the greatest guide that exists. If you have light, you can see the road and you don't stumble. The light of the star guided the wise men, Matthew tells us, to where they wanted to go to see Jesus. John 11.9 tells us that Jesus is the light in which people see the way to God. So many people try to pave their own way to God or to truth, find their own philosophy or approach to the world instead of sticking with Jesus' way. And the result is pain and heartache and stumbling around and mistakes made and hurt. And it's just foolish. It doesn't make sense. Why stumble on your own when the Bible tells us that Jesus is the light of the world? We have the way to go. We have the guide so we don't have to stumble. Light is also necessary for growth. That's true in the plant kingdom, and it's true in God's kingdom too. I think there are a lot of people, even people who don't believe in God, who want to be good people, right? Who want to be better people who want to grow as people, that's fine. But how do you expect to do that unless you've got light in your life? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus is that light that leads to growth and health and maturity in your life. The third question I asked thinking about all this, what effect does light have on us? The effect is that we also want to shine that light of Jesus. The shepherds went from being told the good news to tell others the good news. We read later on in Luke 2. How do we do that? How do we shine the light? 
John 5.35 talks about John the Baptist being a light too. But it's a completely different word. It's the word lamp. And that's different from the word that John uses to call Christ the light. What's the difference? Well, a lamp has no inherent light. The light must be supplied to the lamp or it will, it will burn out after a few hours without a supply. We are lamps, not the light as Jesus is. And another, another way to think about it is that we are not the light, but we do reflect the light. And that's the difference between the sun and the moon. Boys and girls, did you know that when we see the moon shining in the sky, that it's actually the sun shining off of it, like a coin in the light? Astronomers have recently learned that in space, in our galaxy alone, the Milky Way galaxy, billions Literally billions of planets are out there that we have never seen before because they are dark planets. They're not reflecting a sun. They're not like in a solar system near a sun, so we can't see them as well. We've never seen them before, but they suspect there are literally billions of dark planets like that outside a solar system, not reflecting a sun there nearby. We do not shine the light, reflect the light, unless we know the light of the world and are near him. Then that effect of his reflection will happen, and his light will be seen by us to others. Verse 8, John says, he himself is not the light, and we are not the light, but we are witnesses to the light, reflectors of the light in the world where people need him. So in that way, we shine the light to everyone we meet, and that's the effect that the light has in us. Fourth, another question. Can darkness ever defeat light? You maybe asked this question before in your own life when things have been dark for you. And you're not feeling the light. You're not seeing the light. You wonder if there's anything beyond the darkness in your life. Or we can wonder about stuff like this when we look at darkness in the world. The answer that we get from God's word is that no matter how dark things might be for you, no matter how dark our world can be, Darkness will never defeat the light. The Bible tells us that the ultimate victory is the Lord's. Light will win. And think about it just from your own experience. Darkness cannot stop even the tiniest of lights. It can be totally pitch black, right? In your basement or wherever at night. Totally pitch black. But all that you need to defeat that darkness is a little flashlight. The smallest of flashlights will pierce the darkness. And if that's true, darkness certainly cannot stop 
and it won't stop the light of the world. All throughout the history of the Bible, the history of the Old Testament, the enemy of God and of his people tried to stop the promised light from coming into this world. But yet, the promises and the prophecies persisted and Jesus was born. Even after Jesus' birth, Matthew tells us that King Herod tried to stop Jesus by killing all the baby boys around Bethlehem, and he did. A terrible, terrible massacre of children. But he didn't get Jesus. He didn't stop the light. He didn't stop Jesus or the work he came to do to go to the cross for our sins and rise again. And the reality is that darkness will never, ever defeat the light. Fifth question. I said there were five. That means it's the last one. Who benefits from the light? Who benefits from the light? The answer is literally everyone. The angelic messenger who came to the shepherds said this good news of Jesus coming, that it would be for all people. God's people, his own, those who believe and respond to the light will be saved and will be preserved now and for all eternity. Also, even those who don't believe in Jesus are benefiting from the birth of Christ, even though they don't necessarily know it. But kindness and compassion and love for others in this world. It's all because of the light. It's because of the grace of God. Learning and thinking and science and math and physics and all of creation, it all benefits from the light. The light, who is the Word, who is God, created it all, John tells us. We learned early in John 1. And he continues to preserve it by his grace and by his love. Do you know the light this morning? Have you turned to the light in your life? Are you living in the light? Boys and girls, young people, everyone. Maybe you know the light. Maybe you know of the light. But you're dabbling in the darkness. Why are you doing that? Why would we do that? That makes no sense. Turn to Jesus today, the light, the Christ of Christmas, the answer to all our stumblings in the dark, the light of the world, your light. Amen.